You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. Late Wednesday night came the lightning. It was so bright and it was so frequent that it woke Jean up, it woke me up from a dead sleep. There was thunder also, but that's not what woke us up. It was the lightning, it was the flashing incessantly. It was bright and it was constant showing through both the north-facing window in our bedroom and also the west-facing window in our bedroom. Even though my eyes were closed and even though the blinds were shut, the flashing was enough to wake us up from a dead sleep. And then came the rain pouring down in buckets. Are you awake, Jean? Yeah. That's a lot of lightning. Yeah. We weren't worried about the sound of thunder so much. We were worried about a different sound. We began to listen for the sound of two little ones crying that may come at any moment. What time is it? 3.30 in the morning. I headed downstairs, I closed a few windows, I peeked out and looked at the the street in front of the church here, and still taxis were rushing about, even in the sheets of rain and in the flashes of lightning. Never seen that much lightning happening all at once. And miracle of miracles, not a peep from the girl's bedroom on the first floor. I stopped in front of their door and there was no sound at all. They slept through the whole thing. I marveled at the power of the lightning. They say that a a bolt of lightning is hotter than the surface of the sun, but it only lasts for an instant. Sometimes it's nice to have a reminder of the power of nature. It's nice to remember that we are small, that we are fragile. It's nice to remember that God holds nature in his hand and it is a beautiful thing and it is a very awesome thing. The power of nature can be a reminder of the power of God. So it makes sense that this day, the day of Pentecost, that they were not quite sure how to describe the things that they had heard and seen and felt. So the closest description that they could come up with for this force, this Holy Spirit, were descriptions derived from nature. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, 
and have filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. The sound like a mighty rushing wind that filled the house divided tongues as of fire resting on them. This was the Holy Spirit. And no words can describe, only metaphor, like a mighty wind, as a fire. But it's significant, the words they chose. Fire is a destructive force. Right now as we speak, fire is spilling out from deep in the earth on the island of Hawaii. Roads, trees, people's houses, anything in the path of this magma, this lava that is flowing out of a volcano named Kilauea, anything in its path is being consumed. Here's an aerial shot, someone's house, as the lava creeps closer. I heard one man interviewed on the news, he said his retirement dream is over. His house is gone, it had been paid off. He was hoping to retire in a few years from work, now he has nothing left. No one in the area of this volcano has lava insurance because it's too expensive. Fire is destructive. This church, Trinity Lutheran Church, has towered over downtown Milwaukee in the U.S. state of Wisconsin since 1878. 130 years she stood until this week. On Tuesday, a fire ravaged her and the steeple fell. Fire is a destructive force. And yet fire is also a constructive force. Fire builds. This church where we are sitting right now, this was built of bricks. Bricks formed in fire. Glass for the windows formed by heat. The steel frame for our roof is forged in flames. Fire builds and fire destroys. The wind is the same as well. High winds, those are a destructive force. There's nothing quite so terrifying as the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Tornado survivors, they always describe the sound that they heard when the tornado got near. They always say it sounded like a, a freight train that was rushing toward them. Wind can pick up a hundred-year-old tree and toss it like a toothpick, drive it right through the side of a building. And yet wind is a constructive force as well. It drives our seasons, brings rain that waters our crops. It fills the sails of ships that are sent around the world even just across the Sea of Galilee. 
Wind, like fire, builds and wind destroys. And uh, so it is with the Holy Spirit. The true miracle of Pentecost is not the speaking in tongues. That was a sign. It was a sign to confirm the word and the message. It is a sign to show that only God can allow us to understand this thing. That the Holy Spirit kills and the Holy Spirit makes alive. He convicts us of our sins. We have killed the Holy One of God, Peter preaches. We have murdered. And for those of us who are not there on that day, we have murdered our neighbor a million times over in a million different ways. The truth kills. But the Holy Spirit is a constructive force as well. Building faith, one brick at a time. The Holy Spirit brought a message on Pentecost. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Peter continued, he said, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man confirmed by God with mighty works and wonders and signs, this Jesus was delivered up, but it was God's plan all along, he says. He was crucified, he was killed at the hands of men, but God raised him up, ripping him from the hold of death. That is the message of Pentecost. And Peter preached it. Uh, he preached it clearly and probably in Greek so that all those who were there might hear it. People of all those different groups and tribes and languages so that they could understand crystal clear what the Holy Spirit was there to do to build faith brick by brick by brick. Later on this morning, uh, at our later service, a young man named Jason is going to be baptized into the Christian faith. He was born and grew up in a place where conversion to Christianity is punishable by death. He has been harassed by the religious police there. He has lost many things because of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Fire destroys and fire builds. There is no way that someone like Jason would come to faith without the miracle of God's Holy Spirit creating and sustaining that faith in his heart. It would be so much easier for him to ignore that call. Most of us have not been tested like he has. Most of us have not had to leave country, leave family, leave work in order to follow Jesus. But he has. And this stuff means something. It's real. If it's, if it's not real to you yet, I pray that it, it would be soon. Whether you need some fire to come and destroy something that's in the way of faith. Or you need some fire to come and bake bricks build you up no matter what the Holy Spirit needs to do I pray that it would happen in your lives and happen soon
So as I said at the beginning of this message, these hundreds of flashes of lightning, they woke me up on Wednesday night. Maybe they woke me up in more than one way. And we felt blessed on that night that the girls slept, but on Thursday night, the following night, the thunder and the lightning came earlier. They came just as we were putting the girls down to sleep. Annalise began to cry. Mommy, she cried. When we finally went into their bedroom, she was very frightened. She needed that loving touch of her mother. One lightning storm slept through and hardly noticed. But the next one drives them to mom's comfort. Go figure. Two days after their church burned to the ground, Trinity Lutheran Church of Milwaukee shared this photo on Facebook. And the caption read this. They said, This photo speaks loudly. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The image shows their sanctuary in ruin. The ceiling was burned and collapsed, but the altar remained undamaged. And the painting which decorated the altar, which is a a, a triptych, three-panel painting, The center panel, the most prominent one, shows Christ in a victorious pose. It is a Christus Victor painting. It's as if he was comforting his flock, even in the midst of fire, saying, things will be okay. I am still Lord. And this is why we need God in our lives. Because we all, experience, we all experience things like this, the unsureness around us. We need that loving embrace to tell us that it will be all right. And that's what we have in God, through Christ, by the way of the Holy Spirit. That is what was won for us on that cross. That is why he stands victorious. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all our understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.